Welcome to My Messy Lessons, the podcast. I hope this show will encourage you to know and love yourself more, inspire you to look at things differently, or maybe just say, oh, thank God, I thought I was the only one. As you join me in my journey through life, please don't take it as the truth. I might disagree with myself 10 episodes from now, so use my discoveries simply to spark your own, to learn, think, and grow in whatever direction that takes you. I am so excited to bring the speaker to you today, to my listeners, to my podcast. Carol has been one of the coaches in my life for a few years and has made an incredible difference in my life. She is the one that taught me about um, when making decisions to ask, does this expand or contract me? I talk about that um, in the episode about right versus wrong. And also to ask, does this honor me? So (laughs) she has brought that into my life, plus a million other amazing bits of wisdom and lessons. She is a mother of eight. Yes, I said eight. (laughs) And uh, she's just fierce and powerful and so authentic. She really strives to, you know, live what she teaches and... She's beautiful on the inside and out. She has written a book called Expanding Forward. And if you um, want to be in further contact with her, her work, um, or to get her book, you can find her contact info on my website, mymessy.com, under the show notes for this episode. So... Without further ado, here is Carol Lewitsky. Welcome. Thank you, Phoebe. It's my <laughs> pleasure to be here. Um, so what is a one of the lessons that you've learned in your life that has changed you the most? Kind of changed the trajectory of your life. I would say for me, what has been the most instrumental lesson Having raised so many children, I spent a big part of my life worrying about them. And at the time, I felt like that's just what a mother does. I'm your mother. I worry I worry about you. I love you. Therefore, I worry about you. And so a lot of evenings, I, it would take me hours to fall asleep because I would be thinking, about their future. I would be thinking about the next day. I would be going through every one of my children and thinking, what areas do I need to be working on with them or helping them Mm -hmm. with or assisting them with? And I was consumed with, with worry and the misconception that I worried about them because I loved them. And at one point I got taught a completely different version of love And that was life-changing for me because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I really thought that was just what you do as a mother. 
and frankly, I didn't really stop to think of what I was doing. It had just become a default. Yeah. And so what was introduced to me as a concept was that if every human being is being given exactly what they can handle for their journey, then how does that not also apply to my children? And she continued on by saying that we do get strength to face and overcome everything that comes our way. And so do our children. And by worrying about them, it really doesn't change anything. It doesn't help them. It doesn't give them strength. In fact, okay. it disempowers them in that we energetically are even giving them the message that they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And that to have concern or worry is like saying, I'm concerned that this challenge is too much for you and you won't get through it. And so what incidences came up from that point on for me to be able to apply this new way of, of seeing my children and seeing more importantly, seeing my role as a mother is, is exactly that. Like life showed up in the biggest way. And um, one incident that really stands out is when my second son was out and about, he had his little sports car and he had found something on Kijiji. He was, I think he was like 15 or 16 and he went out to a neighborhood in Calgary and wanted to uh, pick up this item. I can't remember what he was buying, but it was not an area he should have been in. And um, he ended up getting in a lot of trouble for it because he, th- his intentions got misinterpreted by mm-hmm. the people in the community. And uh, a van load of older kids, boys came up, parked behind his car and ended up beating him to um, quite a bit. And he got the strength to get up and get behind the wheel and by a miracle drove himself back back home without getting hurt because he was definitely running on adrenaline. And when he got into the house and came in and was bloody and crying and so like so devastated by what had happened, my default would have been not that long ago, maybe like six months before would have been to, crumble like emotionally to be just so destroyed by what I was seeing Mm -hmm. but instead because I'd been taught the skills and and a different approach I internally verbalized and said you are going to be okay like I said that inside I I put my hands on his arms and just said you're going to be okay this is happening to you, but you will overcome this. You are a strong person. You've got this. I'm here. And, and I just kept repeating that. Of course, I wasn't saying it out loud because he, he was like telling me everything that had happened. But later on, we talked about it maybe a year or so later. And he and I shared with him what I had done because mm-hmm. we were on this topic. And and the terminology that's been used for me it, and that I now can teach to, to people I work with is that is caring versus carrying. So Mm -hmm. caring for someone is very different. It's like, it's not attached to thinking like we need to control the end result or we need to hamper the situation or, or any of it or worry about it. Carrying is, is basically taking on someone else's situation challenge and making it our own. And in that moment, I didn't take on his situation as mine. I completely gave him his power and said, you've got this. 
And we talked about it, like I said, a year or so later. And he, he never knew I had done that, but I shared that with him. And he said, wow, bum, I always wondered why I was able to just by the next day be fine. He healed, he healed not only physically, but emotionally. And so his whole person was completely regenerated on a must much faster scale because he had that support and was mm-hmm. reminded of the knowing that he has, that it was not shaken by confusion of, of an overreaction by an emotional mom. Like, of course, I, I showed compassion. I showed him that I wish that had never happened to him, but I also recognized and, and allowed him to see that everything happens for a reason and there's lessons to be taken from it. And for him, that showed up for whatever reason. And we may not understand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do later on, but sometimes we don't. But the fact of the matter is, is that he was equipped to handle that. And so incident after incident, like had, has shown up since then to give me a lot of practice in that area of, uh, just really caring versus caring. And it's not, it doesn't remove your ability to still very much feel for the other person and have empathy, but not take it on as our own. And so, um, that, that was definitely for me, it's been life changing, not only in my way to parent, but also how I am with my friends, how I am with my partner, how I am with coworkers or, or my clients more importantly, right? Because I, I work with people that come to me with very, very heavy stories and difficult stories to hear. And, um, that's, that is a reason why a lot of people that work as therapists or, or in any area of healing can uh, easily get depleted in their, in their work. If they're taking on their clients, um, pain, essentially carrying their Mm -hmm. client, carrying their partner, carrying their classmates or carrying their coworkers. It it goes on and on. And Mm so to really, recognize and ask yourself, is this mine? Is this mine to carry? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then you hold space. You, you be love for the other person. And that is enough. How do you determine whether it's yours to carry? Essentially, well, in the case of my son is like, that's a little bit more evident because it was an incident that happened to him. So right. he would never be obscure or confusing. Was it his or was it mine? Um, I could give another example that that's maybe not as, as clear cut as that, but Mm -hmm. was very much, um, explained in the most simple of ways is like my daughter, when she was six years old, so she was in grade one, she, for the first two months kept coming home sick and then would get better, but then would get sick again and would mm-hmm. get better. And then at one point by November, she was like full on pneumonia and symptoms that required us to take her to emergency. And the doctors walked in all masked up from head to toe. Cause they thought she had something like from the symptoms. They thought it was like complete, mm-hmm. highly contagious and dangerous for them. And by the end of all the tests, they found nothing nothing. There was nothing they could attribute to her high fever, to the rashes, to the pain, to, to any of it. Mm. And so we brought her home 
And she stayed home from school for a, a few weeks to recover. And during that time, I was able to have conversations with her. And eventually what came out is that she said to me, Mommy, when I am at school and I see a little girl struggling with reading, it hurts my heart. When mm -hmm. I see a little boy fall and hurt his knee, it hurts my knee. When I hear the teacher get angry at the little boy because he's not listening, my whole body hurts. Like she just went on and on giving me examples of how we could hear, we could hear that described as being a highly empathetic human being. She's, yeah. She has high levels of empathy, but how I was able to explain it to her is that she actually was carrying mm -hmm. all her classmates and it was affecting her not only emotionally, but eventually became like a physical problem. Yeah. yeah. And if she continued doing that, she would not last the year at school. And so how I was able to explain it to her is by drawing a very simple diagram on a paper. And I, I put, a, I made a stick, stick girl <laughs> with yeah. a little dress <laughs> and I put a basket on her head. Mm -hmm. And I said, this basket is a perfect size for you. It's been custom designed for you. And every morning when you wake up, that basket is empty. But as things happen to you in the day, that could be a little bit challenging. Like maybe you're having trouble tying your shoelace, like a, a stone gets put into your basket. And then maybe you're late for the bus and you're running and that's stressing you out a little bit and another rock gets put into your basket and so on and so forth throughout the day. There's different things that are harder for you or challenging or make you sad or make you frustrated. And that fills your basket. And by the end of the day, your basket is completely full. But guess what? You're strong enough to carry it because that basket is perfectly designed for you. Mm -hmm. And when you sleep at night, that basket gets emptied again. What happens when you start worrying about other people that you love and care for, but you see them hurting or you see them struggling or frustrated or sad, you're adding their rocks into your basket. And by the end of the day, your basket is overflowing and too heavy for you. Mm -hmm. So rather than putting yourself through that, still care about your classmate, love them, but send up their, their challenges up to, I, I, for her, I said up to God or up to the universe and just say, help, help this this classmate with what they're going through. And I said, be there for support and be there for love, but don't take on their things. Yeah. And so she learned to ask that question that you just asked me is like, how do you know if it's mine? She just would ask herself, is this mine? Hmm. And then evaluate the situation and say, well, that she's struggling with reading is not my problem. I don't struggle with reading. Right. And then give it back to her energetically, give it back to her. Yeah. And so the same applies for us as adults. We, yeah. we can easily just take a moment and ask ourselves, is this mine? Yeah. I love that. You've taught me that a long time ago. And would you say that really when we worry about somebody and we're trying to kind of manage their life for them or make everything okay for them, it's really disempowering for them because it's like saying, you don't have what it takes to deal with your life, but I do. I'll do it for you. And that's, that gives them the message, right? That they're not enough Absolutely. to deal with their stuff. Absolutely. And it might not 
consciously be your intention or our intention when we're doing that. Because again, it's a misconception around love. Like if we love someone, we want to help them. We want to take over, but a, a, superior love to that a Mm -hmm. higher version of love for that is being of support but empowering the other person saying the answers and the guidance and the clarity for your situation and for your life you're privy you're privy to i'm not yeah and so even even when i work with people i i will never take away their power in not for one moment, letting them think that I have the answers to their problems or I have solutions to their challenges. I guide the process in helping them find it within themselves because we have the key to our own, to our own life. We have Mm -hmm. the, the answers, the clarity, the guidance. It's just not obvious at times in our lives, if we're like really in the thick of things and Mm -hmm. and we need each other, we need someone to help support us through that process. Um, if you're somebody who like me, who it's almost automatic to want to fix things for people, how do you stop yourself from jumping in with suggestions and advice and instead guide them? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think the first step is recognizing that if you've ever defaulted to doing that in the first place, mm-hmm. it, it, it really was the best way you knew. Sure. And mm-hmm. it was coming from a place of love for yeah. like all intents and purposes. It's yeah. not to control, manipulate, dominate. Mm-hmm. It can, it can be, but yeah. <laughs> that you recognize that, that as a person, we recognize that we're doing that and we know that there's a different way. That's already the, the first step. And to have compassion for ourselves that, that we did it that way because that's the best we knew. Yeah. Because in, in all habits that we have and in all things that we default to, if we throw judgment in there, like, why would you do that? And you shouldn't have been doing that or any judgment, self judgment, it slows the process and sometimes even brings it to a halt for us to even bring about change. So like with everything else, it would be a matter of creating new patterns, creating a new default, and that takes time. So mm-hmm. just having compassion and patience for ourselves and seeing like when we default to doing that, just pausing, taking a moment, saying, recognizing, hmm, I just did that. Yeah. And that whole process of recognizing it after the fact saying, Oh my gosh, I did that again. I took over, I gave unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. I meant well, but I can see that that was incongruent. I can see Mm -hmm. looking back that that was disempowering to that person and they would have benefited from my guidance rather than my imposed advice. So that's after the fact, that's already recognition of our behavior or our default. The next step is to recognize when we're in the middle of it, when we're in the thick of, of that getting involved or, or taking over or disempowering another person um, in the name of wanting to help them, but recognizing it in the middle and stopping ourselves yeah, and redirecting the conversation and saying, hey, wait a minute, I recognize that I just said that, but what about, it? what if we did that? And asking questions, because in asking questions to the individual, we're not telling them what to do. 
We're not telling them that we know best. We're not telling them that we have a suggestion that they, that would be better than anything they could come up with. It's just creating a, an opportunity for them to find that for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is when we recognize we catch ourselves before we do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's cool. Right. Yeah. It's like just, but recognizing that there is a journey, especially when we've had years and years of yeah. a um, well-practiced habit. Yeah, definitely. So guiding is just asking questions yeah, absolutely. and helping them figure out what they want to do instead of telling. Yeah, exactly. And they might still come up with the same conclusion that you would have offered, Yeah, but that you allowed them the ability to do it themselves is, mm-hmm. is an act of love. Totally. Because then they get to recreate that path for in future times when you're not there. Yeah. And that applies very much as a parent, how totally. we ask the questions rather than tell them we may know the best answer for our kids. Like I'm your parent. I know best. Sure. That could be true in, in a lot of scenarios, but how much more empowering would it be to say, you are capable of knowing what's best for you. And I'm going to teach you how. Yeah. And we're going to have this dialogue and these questions and you're going to, and your child could come up with the same conclusions mm-hmm. as you would have offered them, but they did it themselves. And then that teaches them to be strong and to learn to trust their inner knowing. But that also applies to adults in our lives because totally. a lot of times adults that are either in a state of confusion or in a state of not having answers, either they could have been taught to not trust their inner knowing themselves. And by asking the questions and empowering them is like giving them an opportunity to see that they are capable of finding that again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like teaching them how to fish instead of giving them a fish. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Um, is there any, anything else that's kind of gnawing at you to say, or do you feel good with that? I, for me, what I'm most passionate about is, uh, is moving from judgment to compassion and why that comes up even in this conversation for me is that in all things in all areas that we're trying to grow as a person is instilling that compassion for ourselves is the fastest path to is the fastest means to getting to a place of breaking old habits and bringing more love into our relationships with everyone around us, but also our relationship with ourselves. Um, when we, are on a journey of wanting to better ourselves, it can be so easy to default to seeing our inadequacies and seeing just, Oh, I'm struggling with this still rather than recognizing like how much, how much we've grown and how much we've changed. It's very easy to dismiss that and to put all the focus on how much we still need to grow and change and improve. And so that would be the, the thing I would want our listeners to leave with is just mm-hmm. like, it cannot be emph- emphasized enough. We, we try, we put a lot of effort into loving the people around us and having compassion for those around us. And as much energy needs to be put in putting that towards ourselves and having compassion, patience in the process 
and honoring our own journey and seeing the perfection of it, no matter where we're at, we're exactly where we should be. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, Carol. My pleasure being here. This is Phoebe. Thank you for listening to My Messy Lessons. If you'd like to continue this discussion, visit my Facebook group called My Messy Lessons, The Community, and ask to be accepted into it. I would love to hear about your experiences or questions on these subjects. If you like this podcast and want to get each episode as it comes out, remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or would like to access the show notes, please visit my website at www.mymessy.com. The intro and closing music is Never Back Down by Floor Broad. See you next week. And remember, we're all messy. That's what makes us beautiful. <laughs>